Hi, Merge Money. I am here today with Hayden Humphrey. Hello, Thank hello. you so much for being here. I'm very excited to be here. Hayden's already been doing podcasts all day, so we uh, really appreciate you taking the time to be on ours. Let's keep the train rolling. Yeah, this is just, uh, we had planned this show over a month ago, so we had it mm -hmm. wasn't specifically planned for what's going on right now in the world, but I just couldn't believe the timing of it. I'm like, oh my gosh, we need this show so much right now. So it, it is. It, it's so interesting to you to think about like where we were at the time when the, when yeah. we scheduled this and first originally connected. Cause I felt, I feel like the last two weeks have felt like an eternity. Yeah. <laughs> like it's literally been like the longest two weeks ever. So I know a month ago seems so long ago. Maybe it was a little more than a month ago. I don't know. But I remember at the time you were like, well, I don't know. It's not really directly print on demand related. And I was like, well, you know, having a positive mindset's always good for entrepreneurs. Um, but I didn't realize like how important it was gonna be like a month later. Um, so anyway, thank you so much for being here. And for, sure. uh, for our audience, I don't know how many people know you or don't know you. So I wanted to kind of just do a background. And um, I met you through um, Heather, parody her her facebook group unconventional leaders and it just so happened she was on uh on monday yeah so. i just saw i saw that i was watching that earlier i was like that's so funny yeah <laughs> it's so funny that and they were they were scheduled separate times it just happened to be where you both picked the same week um but anyway um guys if you missed that show that was last week and her group is amazing so many good people in that group so, well, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get into this whole world of entrepreneurship? Yeah, so uh, I, I think my story is the is one of like doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. So I went to college in Ohio. I'm from Ohio originally. I graduated with a business degree, moved to California to work at a technology startup, um, which I did for about eight months um, before I realized it just wasn't a good culture fit. Um, mm -hmm. And so I jumped ship and um, went to work at LinkedIn as part of a rotational program for them, um, which is the thing that actually brought me to Chicago, which is where I live now. Um, and that was in October of 2016. Uh -huh. And... Um, I, it's a much longer story, but basically I ended up um, working for about four months in a business development role at LinkedIn here in Chicago and had an experience where I ended up missing my quota at the, this was February of 2017, which doesn't sound like a big deal. And like looking back, it's not a big deal, but at the time it felt like it was this huge, dramatic, like world ending experience. I was like, oh man, this is like the one thing that they've hired me to do and I'm not going to be able you know, to do this one thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, after I went through that and was sort of reflecting and, and looking back on why that had happened and like just how much it had impacted my day-to-day -day experience and mm -hmm. my ability to connect with people, I just started to realize all these things around, you know, how much I had derived my sense of self-worth and identity from my resume and from my achievements and from the company that I was working at and what I was doing, you know, versus my innate sense of worth and value as a person. Uh, that's a really good point. And not to interrupt you, but that's, I think that's very common when people, so, well, some people, their whole life, they, they get their self-worth from, from their job, but definitely in your twenties, when it's your first job or second job or whatever, I, I definitely fell into that where it was like self-worth is directly related to your job. And before that, it had been directly related to my grades and school and 
all of that. Um, but anyway, people are starting to join now. So let me just catch everybody up. Um, Patty is saying Chicago guy, Hayden, whereabout? She lives in Chicago. Oh, nice. I'm in Uptown. Um, and then Christine's saying we're all guilty of that. And Teresa's saying hi to everyone. So thank you guys all for being here. Um, but yeah, that's a big one. So I'm sure we'll circle back to that. But all right. So you, so it's not going well. Things aren't, so it's not going it's the well. the end of the world. Um, it's you the know, end of the world. The world is your ending. Your career's over. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and, you know, when I started to come to these realizations, uh, it really was just this moment of like, I don't want to live like this. <laughs> like, this is not the, you know, this is not the way that I want to be making decisions, like based on what I would think, you know, would make me look impressive or seem impressive. Right. Like, what is it that I actually want to be doing, <clears throat> you know? with my life and in my career. And as I sat down and, and started to reflect on it and get clear on what my next steps were going to be, I, um, I I really just started getting pulled towards smaller businesses, B corporations, nonprofits. I, I just wanted to have a bigger impact <clears throat> and, uh, you know, not feel like so much of a cog in a wheel and be able to just more fully express myself in my career. And uh, so, you know, I was thinking about it and the thing that I started to come to realize was, you know, I think I, I think I just want to go out and do my own thing. And I've been very lucky in that a lot of the members of my family own their own businesses. Like my mom's, you know, owned an online retail store for the last 15 years. Um, and so I grew up around it. A lot of my, you know, aunts and uncles have their own businesses. So when, when I came to the point where I was like, Hey, I think I'm going to leave this really, um, yeah, you know, high profile, uh, great benefits, stable job to go out and do something completely different. You know, um, my parents were like, okay, cool. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, you know, type of deal, which was great. Uh, and so I made the jump in mid 2017. I left my job and I had somewhat of a plan. Um, I sort of knew the direction that I wanted to head in. Um, but, uh, but I, I really took the time to kind of take my time, if you will. Mm -hmm. I took like a two month sabbatical and just kind of hung out for a while, which was nice. Yeah. Uh, and then started to figure out what direction I wanted to go. So I, you know, I found stuff on, I literally found stuff on Craigslist. I found like copywriting jobs and social media management jobs on Craigslist um, just to try stuff out. Uh, mm -hmm. And I came across a photography job, which I ended up um, doing. I had, had an interest in photography before that, but you know, had never done anything paid. And I went out and I did this photography gig and I was like, this is, this is so cool. This doesn't mm -hmm. feel like work. And I really like this. And you know, I'm pretty good at it. Um, and so for the, for the first year and a half of me being self-employed, really that was like what I was doing was, um, a lot of headshot photography, event photography, you know, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, concurrently as I was getting started in the photography space, um, I hired a coach and, uh, it was a coach that had come about as a referral and I'd never worked with a coach before, but as soon as I hired her, um, I was like, okay, this is this is awesome. And this is kind of game changing for me because I've always, you know, re referred to myself or related to myself as somebody that's pretty self-aware, but, um, in working with someone who's literally trained to support you and becoming more self-aware, it's mm -hmm. just a totally, you know, totally different experience. And so I fell in love with the process. Like I fell in love with our relationship. I fell in love with the results that I was seeing. I just fell in love with the entire experience and started to realize very quickly that that was the thing that I wanted to be able to do for other people. Like I want to be able to support people in this way. Uh, and so I ended up um, going through enrolling in the coaches training program that she led here in Chicago. It's called Accomplishment Coaching. Uh, it's a year long coaches training program. Oh, wow. um, so I went through that. <laughs> yeah, it's and I can talk more about it, but um, it's intentional. You know, transformation. Uh, one of the leaders of my 
program always says, you know, never look at transformation in, in weeks or months, look at it in years. Um, mm-hmm. cause it does take that long. Um, cause you know, the work that we're doing is it's core work. Like we're looking at core narratives and core stories about, you know, who we are as people, a lot of yeah. those stories, you know, which, which, which we've practiced for maybe decades. So, uh, went through that year long program in 2018 and then, you know, graduated and joined the leadership team for the program. So I still work on the leadership team for the program. I help produce mm-hmm. the program. I help coach the folks who are going through the program. Um, but then outside of that, I'm building my own uh, practice. So mm-hmm. I have a one-to-one practice. Um, so I work with folks individually, um, mostly people who are in career transition. So people who are looking to mm-hmm. create an experience of work where they feel like they have more freedom and flexibility, where they feel like it's more authentic to who they are. Yeah. Um, I, I've coined it as like getting getting paid to be you in a sense yeah. like what does it look like for you to just show up and you know be your most authentic best self and then get compensated for it Right. Uh, and then, you know, outside of that, it's just been building community. I run some live events here in Chicago. Um, and I also run a podcast called the Elevate Podcast. Um, so I, I really focus on vulnerable and authentic conversations with really inspiring, you know, entrepreneurs. Um, but that's a little bit about what I'm up to. Really, yeah. for me, it's just about sharing what I've learned and, you know, being able to support people and try to create the same. Nice. It's 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 great when you can find a coach that can really um, bring out the best in you. I, I can't like that must have been so amazing to do something like that for a whole year. I I think that's amazing. Totally. Um, oh, I think it's um it's funny because it's it's available to everyone in a sense, mm-hmm. like that kind of um, personal growth and development. If you're actively seeking it out, like those structures yeah. are available. Um, and, y- you know, after you start to go through that, like looking back and trying to put myself in the shoes of who I was, you know, two years ago at the beginning of 2018 is almost impossible. Yeah. Um, because I've just changed so much, you know, as a result of that. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a lot in that. And I'm happy to talk more about that, but yeah. really very transformative experience. Yeah, I feel like that too, looking back to, you know, back when I I used to have, you know, regular jobs, not be an entrepreneur. And it's like, just the amount that I've changed in the last five or six years, I'm like, I can't even relate to who I used to be like, it's huge. Um, Entrepreneurship, I think, in so many ways is one of the best um, personal development tools or like, I love do you know Ed Milet or do you so, follow anything he does? Yeah. Um, well, I, he says something. Let me see if I can get it right. Something about um, entrepreneurship is the best self-development with the biggest um, monetary upside or something. I don't know how he says it, but it's like um, it really is. It's like you learn so much de- uh, self-development through being an entrepreneur and it has a potential that you can make a lot of money, too. So it's. Totally. Such a fun adventure. So tell me, I guess the first, let's, let's relate it to what people are going through now. So you, um, you are already said you, you specialize in transition and a lot of people are going through transition right now because whatever their life was two weeks ago is so different now. They're home, you know, they might be taking care of kids. They might be trying to homeschool kids. They're trying to somehow do their job from home while they're homeschooling kids or their job just went away where they got fired or laid off or or they were completely self-employed but that looks different now whether merch right. amazon is temporary closed or you know whatever they were doing it's it's not quite the same in the last couple of weeks so what's what's the first 
advice you have for, for all this change that everybody's going through? This might sound different, but it's grieve. Mm. Like that's like my first, that's the first place that I go to is like, you know, in, in, in these kinds of circumstances where you have things shift so suddenly and a lot of times, and I think in a lot of circumstances shift probably forever, um, there's a certain sense of loss, Mm. I think, and pain and sadness, um, which is, is there and is inevitable. And so, you know, it's, it's interesting from a personal development perspective and from a coaching perspective, Mm because I think the immediate pull is like, well, what's the opportunity? What's the opportunity? What, you know, what do you do with this? Where do you want to go from here? You know, that sort of thing. And I think that's great. And I think that's important, but I think trying to do that while operating on top of a lot of sadness and anguish and anger potentially Mm -hmm just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. So I think step number one is actually just grieving what was lost, like actually just allowing yourself the space to like feel the feelings that you have about it. And they they say about grief, it's not a linear process. So likely um, it'll be something that, that will take time. But Mm -hmm. I think an important piece of it is intentionally giving yourself the space to be able to do that and Mm -hmm. not trying to operate on top of it or push through it. And you know, likely I'm very lucky in that I really only have myself to take care of. Mm -hmm. Um, And I imagine it's a very different experience for folks who have families and, you know, for folks who have Mm -hmm. kids. Um, And, you know, that said, my advice remains the same. Uh, It just might take some setting of boundaries and some intentional like, hey, I actually just need some time to be by myself and I need some time to, you know, create whatever this is, this is. But um, yeah, literally just I giving yourself that. the space to be able to get complete and, and grieve what was lost. Yeah, I love that. And you're right. It wasn't what I was expecting you to say, but I, it's so true um, mm-hmm. that anytime there's a change, like first you have to just sort of acknowledge like this is like changing right now. You got to just sort of feel what you're going through. And before we move on to what you would do after that, how should you react to everyone else going through? So friends and family are probably going through it, your kids, your spouse. Um, how do you help them? And how do you guys all work through this together? Yeah. What a great question. Thanks for asking that. <laughs> um, I mean, I think the thing that comes up for me is supporting them in doing the same, mm-hmm. which I think most often looks like just simply holding space for people. Um, And holding space means that you're just listening. You're uh, reflecting what you're hearing without bias or judgment. You're asking questions. You're, um, you're literally just holding space for someone to be with whatever's coming up for them without trying to fix it or change it or solve it or whatever it is. Um, And, you know, well, so two other things that I'll say about it. One is, Uh, It's also being aware of your side of the street in relationships from the perspective of setting boundaries. So Mm -hmm. I've heard and talked with a lot of people recently who have um, 
you know, parents or relatives or family members or friends who are watching a lot of news. And I, mm-hmm. I really don't, I have, I don't have, I don't even have access to cable television. Thank God. Yeah. Um, I, I literally like look at 15 minutes of news in the morning and then I don't look at any more news throughout the rest of the day. Cause it does, I get the facts that I need, but anything other than that is like, you're literally just like feeding the fear you're binging on right. fear and panic basically. Right. Uh, and so I, you know, spoken with a lot of people recently who have, you know, told me that they have a lot of folks in their family who have been, you know, calling them and sharing that. And like, almost like, I don't know a better way to say this other than like emotional vomiting mm-hmm. or like, emo- you know, like emotional, mm-hmm. like just kind of putting it on somebody else. And so that's also an important thing. Like, Hey, how do I set a boundary here? And, and, and yeah. let them know that like, I can't handle this. I don't have space for this. I got to take care of my own energy. Yeah. Um, the last thing. Uh, that I'll say is I think the best way to support someone else in taking care of themselves is by you setting the example of you taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Like if you actually raise your own standard or raise the bar of your own self-care, how you take care of your own well-being, um, I think it implicitly invites other people to do the exact same thing. Great advice. I love all of those things. And especially what you said about um, just listening because I think especially kids or, or spouse, they're going to be like, just saying how every, you know, whatever they're feeling. And it might not seem like a big deal to you because you've got your own things going on. Um, but always just listen and let them like talk it out. But then I like the other part about like, you know, sometimes that can go too far. Um, so especially like friends and extended Mm -hmm. family and stuff, like you, you're already listening to your spouse and kids, like that might be all you can handle right now. (laughs) So, um, you got to put those boundaries up too at the same time. So it's a balancing thing. Um, and I think just grace, just general, like kindness towards everyone, like just assume that people are going through a lot to just give them a little extra than you normally would. Um, so, well, great. So, so you, Go through the grieving process. How long, like, well, I know it's not linear, but what, like, sometimes you can get stuck there where it can kind of turn more into depression or anxiety or things like that. How do you kind of go through the grief, but at the same time be moving forward and doing something productive? It's a great, great question. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, I think the answer is it depends. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think the thing, I think the thing that I can say is share, um, share a distinction that I use with my, uh, coaching clients. And the distinction is about, um, we refer to it as completion or incompletion. And -hmm. the idea is that if we're looking to really powerfully move forward and live into a vision that we have for ourselves, we want to make sure that we are complete on anything that has happened previously. And so, you know, a a very small example of this is like, let's say that uh, last week you had a friend who said something kind of out of the blue and it struck you as like disempowering or it struck you as like kind of rude or mean or whatever it might be. You're still thinking about it a week later. It means you Mm -hmm. have incomplete energy about that thing. And Mm -hmm. it means that it's taking up really valuable mental real estate that could be used doing something else. Mm-hmm. And so in this kind of situation, I, I think it's I think it's unrealistic to think that you can become immediately and a hundred percent clear and complete about what's happened, especially when the implications of the change 
changes are very much so affecting every aspect of your life. If you're now working home and you have to homeschool your kids and you're worried about how you're going to pay your rent, it's kind of, it's, it can be maybe a, a bit far fetched to think that you could be a hundred percent, you know, clear and complete a hundred percent of the time. But, uh, but the idea is the more complete you are, the more mental, uh, real estate and the more energy that you have to then focus on how do I actually move forward from here? And what is it that I want to create for myself? And how do I start to put the pieces in place to get from where I am now to, you know, that place that I have pictured for myself or I'm, am envisioning. Um, and so, you know, to your question around like, when's it the right time? I think now is always the right time. Uh, and it's, it's really just a, a question of like, consistently practicing getting complete on what has happened, feeling your feelings, setting time aside to be able to do that. Um, and then, you know, also taking a look at, you know, like, are you willing to be complete with it? Like some people are not necessarily willing to be complete with what's happened. And, um, you know, that's also okay. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, if what we're, you know, looking to do is move forward and, reinvent our lives from what has happened. Um, there comes a point where, you know, you kind of have to ask yourself, like, am I willing to let go of what was lost and how things are currently going and start to focus more on where I want to go and, and what I want to create? Yeah, really great. That I totally agree with all of that. Um, and I love how you're acknowledging like this is a hard time for a lot of people. So it's, it's a lot harder than just being like, oh, yeah, everything's great. I'm making a million dollars somehow on this. Like I was easily yeah. able to pivot and everything's perfect. Um, yeah. Some people, you do hear that where you're just like, well, good for you. <laughs> like, Great. Um, and I'm going to be like, all right, well, what are you doing to give back? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I love that. And then I don't know, uh, this is kind of what I do. So I don't know if there's, uh, if it's good or bad, but um, sometimes like it, I feel like I feel a lot better now, but the first few days I was feeling sad, like going through all of this. And I kind of would just let myself do easy things that were somewhat productive. So instead of trying to like do something that requires a lot of brain power, I would do something like take a walk or I would do something like this was before Merch by Amazon shut down, but um, we have like, a, a thing where you can add different products. So I would already have products listed and just add it to other products. So it's like nice. the, like no brain cells needed, like something very easy. Um, yeah. So when I feel down, I just do like whatever is somewhat productive, but not like really hard. And then when I feel a little better then I do the next hard thing, but I like try to just do something where it's not that hard. Like, cause you already just feel down. You don't have a lot of energy. Is that good? Is that not good? Like, what what should people yeah, do if they feel right, like Helen. <laughs> Helen is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> you're not doing it right at all. No, um, no, I think that's great. Uh, you know, I, I think <laughs> outside of like la labeling it as right or wrong, I think the the thing that I'll point to is this idea that we have in coaching that. Um, uh, well-being and integrity are foundational. And those are two two different pieces. So the, the first thing that I'll speak to, and I've been talking about this a lot recently, well-being, and that's in all aspects. So it's your physical well-being, it's your mental well-being, emotional, spiritual, uh, 
what you know whatever other type of well-being you want to talk about um it it's really taking a, a very honest inventory of what are you doing to take care of yourself especially at this point in time like mm -hmm. so much of everyone's routine and normal habits have been uh uprooted and you know completely changed in a lot of senses. Uh, and it's a lot to be with. It's a lot to be with those types of things. If you have kids at home and you got to homeschool them, or if you just lost your job or whatever it is, like it's a lot to be with those sorts of things. So, you know, when it comes to looking at, you know, how to move forward or how to be productive or whatever you want to, whatever you want to talk right. about, um, the, the being aspect is incredibly important. So I always invite my clients to take a very um, clear and honest inventory of like, what do you actually need to do to take care of yourself on a day-to-day -day basis? Mm -hmm. And how are you putting a structure in place to make sure that those things are happening? So how much sleep mm -hmm. are you getting? How are you eating uh, in a way that yeah. supports your body and makes you feel good? Um, how are you having conversations with people that support your mental and emotional well-being? How are you consuming information that mm -hmm. is actually supportive of you and you know, um, isn't riddled or completely based in fear and panic and trying to get you to do something. Because mm -hmm. that, you know, information diet is also, a, you know, is also a thing. So I think first and foremost, it's making sure that your well-being is taken care of. Because if you're taking care of yourself, it becomes way easier. Like what I find is if my well-being's out of whack, I don't want to do anything. I'm so resistant to everything. I'm like, I literally don't want to do any work right now. I just want to run away from all of my responsibilities. Like I just want to leave. It's, I liken it to, um, like I, it's, it's almost like I'm cooking dinner and I get to the point in dinner where I've got like three burners on and the oven's on and I'm like, screw it. I'm done. I'm leaving. And I just like walk out of the kitchen and I'm like, I could stop doing things, but like there's three burners, there's fire in the kitchen and the oven's on. Like, that's not a great, not you know, it's not a great place to leave it. Yeah. yeah. You know, versus like actually shutting everything down and turning off the oven and then giving myself space to uh, relax. So once the well-being piece is taken care of, I think then you'll find yourself just like wanting to go out and do things. Um, the second piece is integrity. So, you know, in the broadest sense is the broadest sense, integrity is, are you actually uh, honoring the commitments that you've made? And this means the things that you say, it means how you think about things and it means what you commit to or like what you actually do. And, you know, it's interesting for me, this is probably six months ago, I realized that I sort of had an integrity problem where I would tell people that I would do things and I didn't really view it as weirdly, this is weird now to talk about. I was like, I didn't view it as a lie. I just viewed it as a like, hey, I'm going to do this. But in the back of my brain, I was like, I probably not going to happen because I'm probably going to get too busy or whatever it is. Um, but those things start to add up. All those little, all those little commitments that you make to other people or you make to yourself or you make to your schedule or whatever it is, if you're not actually in line with those things and honoring the commitments that you've made, it's, it's a power leak. It starts to very quickly add up and you'll find yourself very resistant. You'll find yourself uh, very anxiety ridden um, and you'll just find yourself overall very tired. So I think it's a long winded answer to your question, but you know, when you talk about like being productive or moving forward or, or doing whatever it is at this point in time, I think number one, it's looking at your well being, And then number two is looking at, are you in integrity, you know, with the things that you have going on in your life? Amazing. 
And guys, thank you guys for your comments too. Um, let's just quickly read these. Patty's saying, I am grieving the life we had that may never be again. Today is Cubs home opener. We would also be in hockey playoffs and love the summer concerts. Not sure I will go to a Cub game again or a hockey game or a concert. I know it's too soon to know what it will be, but afraid it will never be the same. Patty, I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah. And then Teresa's saying, um, is there a ticked off stage? Because I know I shouldn't be, but at the same time, I am. There's absolutely a ticked off stage. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. And not to make light of it, but it's, um, uh, no, it's, I mean, it's all great. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. the thing is like, what I'm, what I, what I find a lot of times, even with myself and, you know, with people um, that I work with is there's the emotion and then there's our relationship to the emotion. And so often what is the, you know, the issue or the thing that gets stuck or the thing that's in the space, it's, it's not the emotion that we're feeling because there's nothing wrong with anger. There's nothing wrong with sadness. There's nothing wrong with grief. It's just how we label it and how we relate to it. That a lot of times causes the issue when we relate to it as bad or when we relate to it as, you know, whatever interpretation that we have about it. Um, that's actually the place to get curious, um, you know, versus just like being with everything that's coming up for you. Amazing. So I guess just where do you go from that? So you, you, you know, that, you know, things are changing and, um, and you have to be true to yourself and, and take care of yourself and all those things. So what are some things that you can do to start to, either feel a little better or take a little bit more action or start to kind of go through all the options you have right now and try to figure out the best, the best path forward. Yeah. Um, well, I think, you know, if you start with the well-being, if you start with the integrity and making sure that those are in line, like what you'll find is the path forward becomes very clear. It doesn't have to be, it, it's, it then leaves, um, your head and it stops being a very cerebral, like what should I do strategy conversation? Mm-hmm. And it just feels like, oh, here's the thing that I should go do, or here's the here's the thing that I feel called to go and create. Um, so once the well-being and the integrity are in order, um, you you know, you then have this space, you have an open space. Mm-hmm. Everything's flat, your foundation's taken care of, and you have this open space in which you can create, you know, whatever it is you want to create. And um, this is the this is the place where I like to play because this is where you know, this idea of opportunity exists. This is where this idea of you now get to say how it goes, you know, exists. Um, And, you know, even in light of everything that's happened and everything that's changed and everything that is now different, um, there's still opportunity in, in all of it. Um, there's an opportunity to reinvent. There's an opportunity to take a look at like, you know, if you're now at home with your family, uh, and you're in very close physical quarters with your family, like what's the opportunity there? Like how, how could being present with them and working through the discomfort that comes up with having to be so close quarters with them actually lead to you having a stronger, deeper, more intimate and connected relationship. Or like for me, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, you know, not that I, not that my life has changed all that much because I, I work from home most of the time anyways, and I don't go out that often, but like, I'm now going out less than I ever have been, you know, and, and I would be, you know, I would go out maybe two to three times a week and, you know, I'd go down to the loop here in Chicago and, you know, grab coffee with somebody or go to a networking event or, or whatever it was. Um, and now that I can't do that anymore, I'm starting to realize, 
um, that I've been sort of avoiding my more introverted tendencies and that by giving myself space, just totally uninterrupted space during the day, like multiple hours, I actually can sit down and get into this space of being able to do deep work, like really intense, creative focused work that, that wasn't available to me prior because I was Mm. so busy out running around, almost like distracting myself in a sense. So I think part of it is, to answer your question, part of it is looking at what's the opportunity in all of this. If none of this was wrong or if none of this was like bad, if you, if we removed the interpretation from what was happening simply like what's the opportunity here Mm -hmm. Um, or, you know, where do you actually want to go from here? Um, The, the, you know, in, in coaching, we look at two, these two distinct ideas of your commitments and your circumstances. And we, as people, uh, generally, um, tend to make decisions from circumstances and it's generally unconscious, but, but that's, that's how it goes. And we look at, well, I can't go do that thing right now because I don't have enough time or I don't know enough yet, or I don't have enough money or these people, what if these people make fun of me, you know, whatever it might be. Like we, we live our lives based on circumstances, what's currently Mm -hmm. so. And the piece about that is when we, when we make decisions from that place, it just begets more circumstances. Like if you don't have enough time now, like you likely will never have enough time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the opportunity is to say, well, if it's not about the circumstances and it's about the commitment, like what are you actually committed to creating for mm-hmm. yourself? Um, even in this, even in this scenario, like there are things that even though everything's changed and maybe you're working from home now, maybe you've lost your job recently, like whatever your situation is um, there are, I would assert that there are still things that you're committed to creating for yourself from a career perspective, from a relationship perspective, uh, from a well-being or like play perspective. There are things that you want to bring into your life. Um, and it's kind of a, a weird conversation to have or counterintuitive conversation to have, but everything that's happened in a sense is a circumstance. Like everything that's happening right now, us being, you know, quarantined and socially distanced and isolated, it's, it's a circumstance and it doesn't change the fact that our commitments remain the same. And the opportunity now is to say, well, how can I continue to choose in service of my commitments versus the current circumstances? Um, and, And, you know, a lot of that comes down to how are you uh, setting a vision for yourself? How are you regularly regularly sitting down and asking yourself, what is it I want to create? What is it I'm committed to, you know, bringing into my life and my career and in my relationships and, you know, in my financial situation or whatever it might be. Um, let's so, use some concrete examples because I think I'm following, but I'm not positive. Um, let's just yeah, say totally. that the person's goal is to, um, you know, have a print on demand empire. That's what we're doing. Uh, print on demand. Mm-hmm. So let's say they are um, learning how to design and they're, and they're doing t-shirts and all these things. Is that the, is, is, are you, when you say commitment, are you saying like, that's your goal to create artwork and create all this stuff? The circumstances are, are the stuff in your life. So maybe before you worked in a studio. Now you have to work at home. Maybe before you had multiple sources of income and now you're down to only one or two. Um, is that what you mean? So those are the, those are the circumstances. It's like kind of like different obstacles have come in your way, but you still have the same goal that you're working towards. Exactly. So if the commitment that you've made, if the vision that you have for yourself is 
to build a print on demand empire. You know, it could look like I want to make X number of dollars from a t-shirt printing business by whatever date. Everything that's happened recently, you having to work from home, you having less income, um, Amazon merch being shut down. Those are all circumstances. There are still ways that you can start to take action towards that end goal or whatever that end commitment is in spite of current circumstances. But if you look at the current circumstances and say, well, I don't have as much space here you know, at home as I did in my studio, so it's harder to work and I have less streams of income. So I probably won't be able to like hire people to do my art and I'll probably have to do it myself. And like Amazon merch is, is shut down for the time being. And like, they're the easiest one to use. And they're the one that I'm most familiar with. It can be really easy to look at all the circumstances and be like, I, you know, I don't know if it's worth it or it's too hard or it's too difficult or whatever right. it is versus like, no, I'm still committed to that thing. And even though I have less space, I'm still going to choose in service of my commitments. Even though I have less money, I'm going to figure out how to do it with less money. Even though Amazon Merch is shut down, there's probably other store, you know, other companies that are still, you know, print on demand that are still up and running. So it's just being willing to say, whatever has happened, I'm willing to look at what's the next thing that I can do in service of the goal that I set instead of being stopped by whatever obstacles or circumstances have presented themselves to. Perfect. Okay. I love that. That's, uh, and I think, so how can someone work through that? Cause let's just say, I mean, sometimes things happen where maybe that's not your goal anymore. Like maybe it really is bad enough that you actually do want to switch your, your end goal. Like how can you work through that and see like, I mean, I can't think of an example, but maybe an industry changes so much that literally that thing that you're going to just doesn't exist anymore. Like maybe something has changed so much that you really do have to change and you can't have the same goal. How do you work through that and know like what's realistic to keep working towards and when do you actually need to change and and reassess your goals? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting question. And I, and I think that, you know, (laughs) like part of the reason, uh, why I'm laughing is because part of the work that I do as a coach is I, like I don't, um, the conversations that I have with people are not about what's realistic. Like right. the conversations that I have with people are like outside of what you think is realistic or probable. What is that you want and what are you willing to do out of anything to go create it? Cause Perfect. realistically someone's going to hire me to, and be like, Hey, I want to create a print on demand empire. And I want to create a hundred thousand dollars in revenue by the end of this year. And that's a big goal if you don't make that much money now, or if you've never made that much money. And so what's likely to happen, uh, or what's predictable is that you'll get stopped. You'll get stuck because it's going right. to require you to become a new version of yourself that you've never had to be before. And you'll get afraid. You'll get taken out. You'll, yeah. you'll, you know, you'll, whatever will come up for you. And so part of like, part of my work as a coach is reminding you like, Hey, you, you made this commitment and mm-hmm. I'm standing for you to create the commitment that you made when you were in touch with who you actually are at the core and what you wanted to create and what got you really excited. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's, just part of the nature of coaching is like, I'm standing for your commitment, even when you get taken out or afraid. But, you know, to, to your point, like, yeah, to your point, like sometimes things do change. Like I, you know, I have, I have things that I have been working on with, with my coach, um, where I just got to a point where I was like, I don't think that this is the thing that I, you know, want anymore. It doesn't look like, how I want it to look. And so I I think that the thing that I would invite people to take a look at is if you're in that boat, um, I would invite you to get, get clear on outside of the thing that you wanted to create, 
So we'll say it's $100,000 in a uh, t-shirt printing business by the end of the year. Like what's the experience of life that you want to create on the other side of that goal? And if that goal no longer serves that experience, like what's another goal that's going to serve that experience? Because oh, I'm like a firm that. believer that really right, that, the, that the experience that we want to create for ourselves, it's it um I don't think it changes based on circumstances. Because I think in a lot of ways, like people are looking for the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, people are looking to be loved. People are looking to belong. People are looking to do work that is fulfilling, that challenges them and helps them to grow and compensates them in a way that they can then go out and live their life as they want to, as they want to live. Um, and so at the core, I think the things that, that people want are pretty similar. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that those things change so much, but if the measure of it changes, like if it's no longer a hundred thousand dollars in a t-shirt printing business, but rather like, I don't know, $80,000 in, uh, a water bottle making business. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's going to create the same experience of life then. Okay, great. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, that's the thing that I always invite people to take a look at is like, it's not about the results necessarily. It's about the experience that you want to create. Cause that's what yeah. you really care about. That's why we're all here. Yeah. Yeah. I love your answers. You're so on point. Thank you so much. Um, let's see, let's see what else. Patty is saying, uh, so it's out of our control, but this is the opportunity for us to regain control and change what we can change. Games on TV, concerts on Alexa, take back the control you can take. And then Teresa, lifestyle equals experience you want? Question mark. Yeah. Uh, yes, Teresa. Um, the way that I like to talk about it with people is I will, a lot of times we'll start with career. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's funny when people come to me and they're like, Hey, I don't know what I want to do in my career. And like, I'm looking at these roles and I'm looking at these companies and these industries and I'm like, great. That's a conversation that we can have, but let's first start with the experience of work that you want to have. So like when you wake up in the morning, like, what do you want to feel? when you wake up? How do you want to feel about your day? How do you want to feel about the place that you live? Like how much time do you take for yourself in the morning? Or are you allowed to take for yourself in the morning? When you go, or do you go to the office? Do you work from home? Who are you working with? What are your coworkers like? Like who do you get to be as a person in that experience of work? Like let's start with that and then take a look at like what's the role or the company or the industry that will actually allow me to get to that experience. Um, the experience, you could call it lifestyle. Um, it's just more based in emotions. It's more based in feelings. It's more based in like who we get to be as people, the more mm -hmm. ethereal, um, you know, parts of life, like living a life that's based in freedom and joy. And, you know, for myself, like I want to be able to play on a day-to-day minute-to-minute basis, basis in all the things that I'm doing. I want to, I want to be able to play. I want to be able to experience joy. I want to love and, and feel connected to the people that I'm serving. Um, I want to get compensated in a way that allows me to, you know, relax and, uh, take the vacations that I want and, you know, do those sorts of things. So that's more so the piece that I'm speaking to with experience and lifestyle and then take a look at like, well, okay, what role would support that what industry yeah. would support that what company would support that did you think about stuff like that like when you first started working because i like those types of questions i never would have thought about like when i went into the workforce i was thinking like okay what jobs can i get and then of the ones i can get you know maybe pick whichever one seems less worse <laughs> 
like, <laughs> like, oh, plan this amazing life and like put all the pieces together. Like it was more just like, okay, you know, do the best you can. Hopefully you'll get a promotion. Like, so I really liked this. Like some, some people watching may have never thought about it like that. Like how do they want to show up in the world? How do they want to feel when they wake up? Um, those are things that I think about a little bit now. I probably could think about it more, but I definitely mm -hmm. didn't used to ask myself any kind of questions like that at all. Totally. Um, and I was, like I said, I was the exact same way. Like I was doing all the right things. I was literally every decision that I was making was like, does this make me look impressive? Will people know? <laughs> like that's literally, that's how I was making decisions. And like, will people be impressed when I tell them that I did, you know, X, Y, or Z? Yeah. Um, oh gosh, like in high school, it was great. like, will this decision get me into a good school? And then will this good school get me into a good, good job? Whatever that is. Like, it was, oh man, it never even crossed my mind. Like, do I like the class? Like if I wasn't even like, well, who cares? Like, it's just to get you into a good college. Like, <laughs> So this is the part, like, this is part of why I really love this work um, is because in a lot of ways, the like the work that I do with people and the work that I'm doing with my coach is I'm totally changing the way that I set goals and that I set a vision for myself. Because so often what we do when we set goals for ourselves is we take what is happening or what has happened and we project it out into the future. And we say, based on past circumstances, what's likely to happen or what's predictable or like possible for me based on what I've experienced or what I've seen other people experience. And the invitation in, in this particular, you know, set of parameters is to say, regardless, outside of anything that's happened or outside of anything that's currently so, what do you want to create for yourself from the ground up? How do you want to design your experience of life? And when we start with that, when we start with that kind of vision, you then get to live into that completely designed for yourself vision versus just a projection of circumstances or a projection of your history. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it shows up a lot with people, you know, looking at jobs. Like I just ran a, um, uh, uh, design your dream career workshop with General Assembly last week. And one of the things that we were talking about was when we look at going out and creating a job for ourselves. if we're not clear on the vision of what we want to create in our experience of work, what we'll do is we'll start with the job or the job description. And then we'll say, do I like it? Do I, can I see myself there? It's almost like we're on a case by case basis, just like comparing the job to what's currently so versus if we have the vision, we can start with the vision. And then every time that we come across a job, we can actually look at the job and say, does this meet the vision that I have for myself? Mm -hmm. And if not, then no, it's not, you know, it's not the right job for me. And I'm going to go out and create something else. Um, Love that. Love that. That is definitely something that I have gotten better with, but still definitely need work with. It, it's, uh, I think that's a, a, a great distinction. Like, just always be going towards your vision. Just everything else is just circumstance or, or things happening. You can always kind of change and course correct and go back towards your vision. Um, but if you're just kind of, I, I would just kind of like, if I don't hate it, like it's probably fine. <laughs> Um, so. It's so funny though, but that's, but it's so interesting, right? Like how, yeah. how, how often we fall into that? Like, this is yeah. fine. Like, I don't hate this. And yeah. I'm like, 
but and I fall into the exact same thing. But it's like, yeah. is that the experience of life that I want to create for myself? Like, it's okay. <laughs> I don't hate it. No. Like, let's look at like what's gonna light you up. Like, what do you what yeah. are you gonna love doing? Like, if you get one opportunity to do this whole thing. Like, why not live, try and live at a 10 out of 10 in all areas? Yeah. Um, yeah and I so, think, I think so when you have a real strong, clear vision, it kind of carries you through times like this because you kind of just are searching. Like, you know where you're trying to go. So you're just trying to, if one path ended, you kind of like find a new one to go towards your vision. I think it's really hard when you just don't have a vision and you kind of just feel like, totally thrown off when something goes wrong because you don't really know where you're going anyway. <laughs> so totally. Yeah. Um, Patty asked if I do vision boards. I do vision boards, Patty. Um, I have a, I have two types of vision boards that I do. One is visual. Cause I think that there's something really exciting and engaging about having like visual images of things that I want to create. Um, the second type of visioning that I do is, um, what's called a future vision. And it's basically a journal entry from the future when I've accomplished the thing that I set out to accomplish. So I literally write it as like, I wake up in the morning and here's where I'm waking up. Here's what my apartment looks like. Here's what my schedule looks like for the morning. Here are the types of clients that I'm working with. Here's what I get to feel. Here's who I get to be, you know, throughout the day. Um, and the piece that I wanted to share based on what you just said, Helen, um, was like, it's so interesting because everyone has the opportunity to do that. Everyone has the opportunity to put in place a vision for themselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, no one doesn't have the capability to vision. And so mm -hmm. I find it so interesting when I connect with people who are like, well, I don't really know what I want. Or like, mm -hmm. I don't know how to vision. Like, that's not accurate. It just means that there's something else that's in the way of like you creating a powerful vision. Um, and so often what it comes down to is fear. It's fear of like, what happens if I say the thing that I want and then it's out there and I articulate it and now I'm accountable to going out and creating it. Or it's fear of like, am I worthy of the things that I want? Like, am I enough to create all of these, these beautiful visions of the things that I want. Um, I, I've worked with, I don't know what it is about this pattern that I've had in my clients recently, but um, a lot of the folks that I've worked with recently have been confused mm -hmm. and they're like, well, I'm confused. I don't know what I want, mm -hmm. but it's like, if we sat down, if we went through like, you know, with your career, do you want to work for a big company or a small company? Do you want to be an individual contributor? Do you want to be a manager? Mm -hmm. um, you know, do you want to work at a company at the office mm -hmm. or do you want to work from home? Like we could go through all of these pieces and they could tell me very deliberately what it is they preferred and what they wanted. Mm -hmm. And at the end, we'd have this big, beautiful vision of what they wanted to create for themselves. And so I'm like, what is it that has you think that you don't actually know what you yeah. want? Um, and so I've realized that for a lot of people, um, confusion is comfortable confusion like you get to like then not be at cause for creating the things that you want if you just stay confused and you just stay in this like well i don't really know what i want to create for myself you know type of thing um so i just thought it was interesting based on what you shared yeah yeah i think i think people do get stuck like that where they just um it's easier to just not have to try towards these goals sometimes um, but I think sometimes, like I'm trying to think for myself, I think sometimes I just had an idea of how life was supposed to be. So I think I would have answered some of those questions based on like, like if you said, do you want to be a manager or not a manager? I would have said yes to being a manager because it felt like a manager was better. Mm -hmm. And it really had nothing to do with whether that's what I wanted or not. 
So I think over time you have to just kind of be like, well, why, why do you want to do this? Why do you want to do that? Um, and you may or may not actually be able to get there when you first start, like you might answer all the questions based on like, I don't know, just how you feel like you're expected to be or something. Um, but I think like, if you really are a lot of the, um, eventually you can get to actually what you really do want. Totally. Well, it's like so much of the, um, so much of that clarity comes from experience. Mm -hmm. And so I think the most important thing that you can do is set a vision based on what you currently know and be in action towards that thing. Because one of two things is going to happen. Either you're going to create it and you're going to be like, yes, this is awesome. Thank goodness I did this. Or you're going to start to learn as you go towards that thing. Like, I actually don't think that this is what I want to create for myself. I think that it looks a little bit different. And then you get to update your vision and you get to update your direction. But like, if you're not focused on what you want to create, and if you're not in action towards that thing, you just stay stuck where you are. You don't have any sort of contrast or any sort of experience to teach you or tell you whether or not the path that you're on is, is one that actually speaks to who you are as a person. Awesome. All right, Teresa, I think we missed one of her comments. My goal lifestyle, I was hasn't changed. It was always what job can make me money. I need for that lifestyle and be able to work for my laptop. But POD income has become so inconsistent. Yeah, so it, the goal is still the same to keep living from your laptop. But maybe the path to get there might change. You might right? You might need more sources, maybe more POD platforms or, or I'm looking at, um, I'm looking at my own business, just given things that everything that's happening recently. And, um, I think that one of the side effects of this kind of recession, this kind of economic turmoil is people are less likely to invest one-on-one with a coach. Like that's just how it happens. If people are afraid, if there's this like sense of scarcity, um, I I'm less likely to get hired as, as a one-to-one coach. It's not impossible and I don't hold it as possible. Um, but I'm also just, I'm clear on that's what's happening for a lot of people. So I'm looking at like, how do I need to shift my business model so that I can continue to hit my financial goals, even if the way that I was going about building it earlier, isn't necessarily the case anymore, or if it doesn't work anymore. And so now I'm looking at like, how do I start to incorporate group uh, coaching programs where Mm -hmm. the investment to, to be in the group is lower Mm -hmm. But at the same time, for me, the amount of time that I'm spending is the same and the amount that I'm getting compensated is the same. So it's just simply a a shift in structure. But the the commitment is the same thing. It's just that some of the circumstances have changed. And so now I need to figure out like what's a different way to get to that commitment. Exactly. Yep. I think that's so important for everybody. Um, You don't have to be so attached to the way you were getting somewhere. It's like there could be a new path to get to the same goal. Um, Bingo. Yeah. Well, this is all great stuff. Oh, wow. We already hit the hour almost six minutes away. So <laughs> flew by. It, it really did. I really appreciate you coming on. What, um, what is something that we haven't really touched on yet that, that you wanted to talk about? Is there anything that we've missed or any, any key points you want people to take away from today? Oh, goodness. Um, I think I, I think well two things. One is I will just double down on what I said earlier about well-being and taking care of yourself. Now is the best 
best time to do it, especially if you're stuck at home, like such an incredible opportunity to take some time and get clear on, um, like how much sleep do you need? Um, what do you need to be eating? I, uh, I did, I don't know if you're familiar with whole 30, um, but the idea, yeah. So I did it last year. I did it again this year. And both times I learned a ton about myself and how Mm -hmm. my body operates, the type of food that I need to be eating. And now I eat very differently than I did a year ago. And I, and I feel it. If I go back to how I was eating a year ago, I feel way worse. (laughs) I feel more sluggish. I feel more lethargic. Um, so that's really important. Um, like sleep habits, there's an incredible podcast by Joe Rogan. He interviews Matthew Walker, who is a neuroscientist at UC Berkeley. Go watch it. It's like two and a half hours, which is long. And I don't usually listen to podcasts that are that long, but I listened to the whole thing because it was just so incredibly interesting. Like I'll share with you actually one of the one of the quotes was or one of the statistics that he shared was during daylight savings, when we lose an hour of sleep the amount of heart attacks in the US go up by about 25%. Whoa. And when we gain an hour, they drop by a pretty comparable amount. And it's one out, literally one hour of sleep has that big of an impact. Yeah. So it's, so it's crazy. So I've been like really intentional about how I'm sleeping. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't really look at screens for an hour before I go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this is just an opportunity. I've been geeking out on this recently. So I've been like, <laughs> I've been like all about it. Um, and like in the morning I downloaded what's called a progressive alarm clock. Um, mm-hmm. and it's really funny actually now that I think about it, cause the way that I used to wake up was like, um, I would wake up to the sound of like music or uh, some sort of alarm noise or whatever it is. But if you think about it, about it you're sleeping for seven eight hours and then it's like bam like really loud immediate like what like that's the worst way to wake up it's like someone coming in and just like clapping right above your face basically that's what's happening so i downloaded a progressive alarm clock and so it's like over the course of eight minutes it's these these bells that start really softly and they just get louder over time and so it's this really nice like slow way to wake up um i you know i don't usually check my phone for about an hour after I wake up, you know, those sorts of things. So I think what I would leave people with is just get, use this as an opportunity to get clear on, you know, your well-being and how you want to take care of yourself. Um, and also just give yourself a lot of grace. Like it's mm-hmm. great if you want to do personal development work and learn more and grow, that's awesome. But also like, if you don't want to do anything and you just want to watch Netflix and you just want to be with everything that's coming up for you and you want to eat, I ate a bunch of cookies over the weekend and like drank a bunch of wine. Cause that's how I felt. And that's what I wanted. So just giving yourself grace for whatever comes up for you. Yeah. Um, Teresa's, I mean, not Teresa, Patty is saying, can you help me understand the importance of sleep? Patty, I am the total opposite. <laughs> go, go <laughs> listen to the podcast. Yeah, go watch the podcast. Yeah. I, I don't know. Some people can somehow get away with no sleep. I know my dad is like that. Like he, I don't know. So, I'm not like that. I need sleep. It was so funny. He, um, in the uh, episode about like so there are uh are is a certain percentage of the population that can get away with less than eight hours of sleep and he's like that percentage roundest to the rounded to the nearest whole number is zero (laughs) it's like 0.013 percent of the population can get away with like less than seven to eight hours um but like we evolved literally we evolved as humans to to need because it's not you know 
still. Yeah. And, and I just, you know, Patty, if you've been going your whole life like that, and I know my dad's been going his whole life like that, like four to five hours of sleep is all he gets, like his whole life. By all means, go for it. If, you know, for me, like, no way. <laughs> I would never be able to do that. So it's just, it's how you feel. Like, for, I, I, I think, I think people can figure out ways to somehow cope with that. Um, but I think sometimes it can hit you in other ways. Like, um, I don't know, like just other things pop up in your life that are a struggle, whether it's like, you know, could be mood or could be weight or could be like something else that doesn't feel like it's related to sleep, but it's like, it could be, um, uh, and vice versa. Like sometimes it, it might be where, uh, you're sleeping too much to compensate for something else that's not going well. Yeah. And you're not eating correctly or maybe, you know, something else. So it kind of just all relates together. Like maybe you're not drinking enough water. It's, it's sort of a whole, like nobody's doing everything perfectly, but I think me, it's like, about all experimentation. The things, all the things that weren't, yeah. that I wasn't doing well, I would kind of make up for it by sleeping more. <laughs> But I found like if I really am very good with exercise and diet, like very good with it, I can do um, six or seven hours of sleep pretty well. But it's hard to have like perfect diet all the time. So I tend to need the eight hours to kind of, I don't know. It's it's yeah. uh, it's one of those things like you just have to look at your whole life and try your best. Nobody's perfect in all the areas, but um and just experiment. It's just like giving yourself the space yeah. to try things like, you know, with anxiety. I'm like, I didn't know how much anxiety I had until I got rid of a lot of it. And then I'm like, how the heck did I live? Yes. How is it impossible? Or I'm like, how did I use oh, how, you know, now I feel so much better. So it's just so much of it is like, just trying stuff out and seeing what works and what doesn't. Yeah, you just kind of get used to it. You're just like, well, this is just how it is going through my day. I used to have, you know, really bad depression and things like that. It's like, you don't realize, like, why didn't I just look at my diet? <laughs> why didn't I just do, you know, all these things where you look back and you're like, oh, my God, could have avoided so much pain. So just try, just try sleep, try eating well, try diet. <laughs> try you never know like, how many things it can affect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, you have been amazing. Um, guys, I think I, I have his website and I don't remember what I linked. A few different things, but check out the, what is the podcast again? Podcast The Elevate Podcast. Elevate Podcast. So definitely check that out. Um, and thank you guys all for being here. Thank you so much, Hayden, for taking the time. This was really good. I think I think you really helped a lot of people. Yeah. Well, thank you Absolutely. so much. Thanks so much for having me on, Helen. And thanks so much for everybody who is watching. So we will see you guys all uh, Thursday. All right. Bye, Hayden. Bye.